be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport slash fnr. That's gis.sport fnr. We're delighted to have BBC Scotland's Chris McLaughlin joining us. Chris, how are you? Welcome back to FNR. Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? We're doing great, mate. Uh, give us your view on the match, first of all, because, you know, Celtic... Flattered to deceive, they are perhaps second guest in this one, second best in this one, I should say, with only uh, one shot on target. But uh, Rangers were the team that really needed to win, so I think Celtic will be happy with this. Yeah, I think that last part is probably key. Rangers, for them, a victory was absolutely huge. It was a must if they had any chance of of retaining the title. And I think, to be honest, they started like that. They started like a, a team who were desperate to um, to win. They looked sharper, they looked faster, they looked hungrier. Um, and yeah, I think for the first maybe 20 minutes, it was all Rangers. Um, and then Celtic started to grow into the game. They got the goal. Um, that seemed to give them confidence. It knocked Rangers a bit. But then slowly but surely, Rangers come back into it. They get the equaliser. And then for the last 20 minutes, Celtic absolutely on the ropes. Um, Fashion Sakala hit the post um, Joe Hart was forced into I think, a couple of really good saves and yeah Celtic really hung on listen they really needed that point and I think most Celtic fans would have taken a point before the game so the point suited Celtic better than Rangers but I think Celtic really got away with one to be honest is it a big missed opportunity, though, for Celtic in the history of this rivalry, given that they, they kind of blew the chance to win it against Rangers? Yeah, I, I think it is. And not only that, you know how important the bragging rights are here in this city, right? Mm-hmm. So I think given the fact that, that Rangers had defeated Celtic in the semi-final of the, of the Scottish Cup, I think Celtic fans wanted revenge, you know? I think they wanted to make sure, as you say, they got the revenge by clinching the title, um, at Celtic Park um, by beating the rivals. And, and as much as the Celtic fans will say, look, we would have taken a, a point before, I think, right, I think there was a, a huge opportunity missed. Not only that, I think that there's some people who are starting to say that maybe Giovanni, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, the Rangers manager, is starting to get Ange Postecoglou's number a little bit, maybe. Okay. Um, so I think that, that the Celtic fans, for that reason as well, would like to have seen a victory. Um, just on Ange's um, managing uh, managing of Celtic this season. Now, with three games to go, it's safe to assume that we, we we pretty much think that they're going to take the title. Now, from an outsider looking in, um, people say, well, it's always Rangers or Celtic that win the title. How big an achievement is it for Ange to do so in his first season, really? It's huge. Listen, it's huge. I was talking to a colleague yesterday and, and we were talking about the run-in and, and, and what's left to do. And, and, and he said, look, it's actually amazing to think back to where Celtic were last season when Ange Postecoglou came in. You know, they were so far behind Rangers. Um, I don't think any pundit was giving Celtic a chance this season. When Ange Postecoglou came in, look, we've spoken about that, guys, before, haven't we, about the fact that eyebrows were raised here in Scotland, who is this guy and, you know, why hasn't he managed and a bigger team before coming here and, and, and all sorts of things. But 
it's huge. I mean, it's it's absolutely huge. I think it's something like a thirteen point swing um, overall from 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 uh, the start of the season as well. So, yeah, it's it's you can't underestimate just what a huge job he has done. Not only that, the feel good factor that he has brought to a club that was on its knees. Um, yeah, massive. He's also been crowned manager of the year as well. So, you know, this, I guess, is the time for all of the Australians to come out of the woodwork again and, and bring up all, all the sceptical UK pundits who couldn't pronounce his surname <laughs> and thought he was, it was a joke appointment and so forth. I mean, Ange, I don't think he's, he's going to do that because, you know, he loves proving people wrong. That's kind of that the bit of the, the job that he actually enjoys. But Australian football fans are uh, feeling quite vindicated right now, I suspect. Listen, you guys have every right to sit and watch us all eating humble pie here. <laughs> Trust me. Um, I think you you would struggle to find someone who wasn't slightly sceptical. And listen, by the way, I, I include myself in that. Um, it, 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 I wasn't one of those who was disparaging about where he had been. I've, I've watched a bit of the J League before. I know it's very good, um, but I did I did wonder where Celtic had, had had found him so quickly after Eddie Howe had turned him down. Um, and I, and I think most people were sceptical, but listen, no one, no one. I don't even think, including Ange Postecoglou himself, could have predicted uh, just how well it was going to go. Um, so yeah, it's been a fairy tale for him. There's no doubt. It's been an absolute fairy tale. But in terms, in the eyes of the Celtic fans right now, Ange Postecoglou can do no wrong. Tommy Tommy Rogic, uh, another Australian, got goal of the season. I saw uh, announced this week as well, and his form this season has been um, quite fantastic. Outside of the new players he's brought in, what has he done uh, in terms of turning around the existing uh, Celtic players that weren't quite up to scratch last season, Chris? Yeah, Rogic is actually a good example of that, to be honest. Um, he was actually nominated for, for Player of the Year this year. Um, and he, we've seen the Tommy Rogic this season that we know is there, if you guys know what I mean by that. You know, we know how good a player Rogic is and, and Postecoglou has brought that out of him again. And he's done the same for other players. He's given them confidence. Um he seems, from what I've, I've heard from the players, to be very good on a on a one-to-one level, in a man-management sense. Um, so there's players like Forrest, who hasn't played that much this year, but he has come back um, after having a poor season last year. Guys like Callum McGregor, the, the, the Celtic captain. Um, even when the likes of Starfelt and Vickers came in, they were really unsettled for a while in the back. And he's managed to calm them down and turn them into a really solid uh, central pairing at the back of the, of the defence. So, yeah, I don't know what he's got. I don't know how he does it, but he does it very well. And um, his his family have become George Michael fans because of the chant they've managed to squeeze in with his <laughs> with his surname. I understand, um, which is a fairly good effort from their fans. Um, <laughs> with that one, yeah, um, there's there's a, quite a few Postecoglou songs actually. And, and to be fair to him, he recognises that he recognises the. Um, the love the Celtic fans have for him, and after every game, um, he makes his players go over, and and you know he's always last there in front of them, beating his chest. So he's uh, he gets it. 
let's say that he gets it. He seems to be having fun here. I think he uh, is. He, would, the weather, yeah, so. he did an interview on Australian TV last weekend where he actually said, this is the passion that Australians have for other sports, we seem to, which mm. he always wanted it for football. So that's why he's actually absolutely reveling in it. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I do get that. The the passion in this city, especially for football, is uh, I would like to show me a city that has more passion for football, and I'll show you a liar. I think it's um, it's yeah, he's it, it seems to be. I think we've said this before. It's really is a marriage made in heaven. Actually, to be honest, um, he's exactly what he needed. Or Celtic are, are exactly what he needed, and I think he's exactly what Celtic needed. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out further. He actually said in the same interview that um, he goes, he goes, mate, I opened the door yesterday and Rod Stewart came in and gave me a hug. So that's, <laughs> so that's. <laughs> so I'm not sure everyone would accept that as the uh, <laughs> as the most amazing thing, but yeah, I'm sure Rod Stewart. Found it. There you go. So let's talk about the other side of Glasgow. Obviously, rocked by their managerial change and Stephen Gerrard's departure, along with most of his backroom team. Uh, mid-season, but Giovanni Van Bronckhurst coming in. What's the verdict on on the job he's done so far? Uh, if you'd asked me that question uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I would have told you that the Rangers fans would say shaky, unconvincing. Um, now, I think pretty much to a man they're behind him, um, and a lot of that has been down to their their success in Europe. Rangers have had this success in Europe for a few years now that no one can really understand because sometimes in domestic competition they struggle and then when the big teams in Europe come around they, they, dis- they dispose of them. Um, Borussia Dortmund being a, a perfect example. Um, they went through Borussia Dortmund like they weren't there. Um, they now find themselves in a semi-final of, of, a, of, a, of the Europa League um, with a decent chance, they're 1-0 down to RB Leipzig uh, the game on Thursday at home. And I, I fancy their chances. I think most people do. Ibrox under the lights in a European night is difficult to beat. Um, and Van Bronckhurst takes the um, takes the credit for that. He's, he's turned into a solid tactical manager. As I said earlier on, I think there is some fears that perhaps he's got the He's got the measure of Postecoglou tactically. I'm not convinced, but some people think maybe he has. Um, and yeah, listen, he's been around um, Van Bronckhurst. He's been around some amazing coaches and some amazing teams. So it's not surprising that he's got something tactically and and that uh, he's doing pretty well in his, in his managerial career. Let's talk about Jacinta Galabadarachi. Uh, easy for you to say, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Australian women's player over at Celtic, well, we call her Australian. She might yet play for the Argentine national team if uh, if her mum gets her way. But uh, she's been awarded Young Player of the Season and Celtic Player of the Season. I don't know how across you are the the women's side of football, uh, Chris. But uh, what's she been like? Yeah, it's it's, it's growing here um, all the time. I mean, it's not growing to the same extent as it is in England, perhaps, but it is growing, and and they've just actually signed a deal to uh, come under the governorship of the SPFL. So it will be interesting to see how that how that plays out. And you're right, and, and she in particular has, has lit up the game here. I've, I have seen a couple of games. She's very good. She's only 20 years old. Um, very, uh, very, very good on the ball. She's got a great touch. Um, 
And I heard her saying that she um, she was she's got some Postecoglou connection through her brother. I think her brother was was um, coached by Ange Postecoglou back in Victoria or something. I think she said. Anyway, she's um, she's a good player. Uh, she's part of a Celtic team who are doing very well, and part of a women's uh, set up in general here in Scotland that seems to be on the rise. And it's going to be really, really. I'm really keen to follow that journey actually to see where it goes. Um, because I think more and more people now are beginning to turn their heads to it. Whereas, to be honest, there was a lot of scepticism, historical scepticism towards women's football, and I think that's slowly being eroded, and she's part of that. I wonder if her brother was in that Moreland Zebras team that uh, Ange got relegated. That's, yes, a little, that's yeah, the yeah. forgotten part of yeah. Ange Postecoglou's coaching <laughs> story, career, yeah, that correct. sort of 10-game yeah. stretch in a very like very obscure, semi-professional <laughs> Victorian <laughs> league where he got relegated. But uh, everyone, everyone leaves that out of the CV. I don't think he's probably been deleted hmm. from his Wikipedia page. <laughs> but uh, coming up against Hearts in the next game, uh, are you confident they'll, uh, they'll wrap it up then and there? And um, keep in mind, we've got a Hearts supporter as our producer tonight. So, uh, you know, don't be too harsh on him. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put my house on it. Um, to be honest, uh, Celtic know what they need to do, um, but they have been a little bit shaky of late. I don't know if it's just nerves as to where they are, or just you know seeing the finishing line in sight has, has made them a little bit nervous. Hearts are hey, Hearts are a good team. They are a good team. They're such an improved team this season under Robbie Nielsen, and um, and even though Hearts don't really have anything to play for. Um, I would expect them to put up a good game against Celtic, and no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was really confident that Celtic will do it. Um, but hey, listen, they know that they're um, they're one they're one win away, so it's it's an amazing incentive, isn't it? Let's talk about Jason Cummings. We asked you about him last <laughs> time you're on the show. He has absolutely <laughs> lit up the A League. You have to tell you, very positive reporting back on on Jason Cummings and his exploits with the Central Coast Mariners. He's had fantastic attitude. He's enjoying life on. Uh, uh, on the central coast, uh, driving around in his his old combi van and uh, having a great old time, I think. So, uh, you know, the, the calls are growing. Uh, it seems to be. Seems all, to be. Yeah, all all of the reports are he's behaving himself on wow. the pitch, and he's just going to the beach and driving his combi van around off the pitch, so. and seemingly fit fit enough to to thrive in the A League anyway. And the calls are growing. The chorus is growing for uh, Jason Cummings to be capped by the Socceroos for our World Cup playoff. <laughs> Well, maybe all that Jason Cummings needed here in Scotland was a beach, some sunshine and a combi van. And that, that's clearly what was missing. Um, listen, I'm delighted to hear that. Honestly, I'm, he's a good guy. He's, he's, um, he's, as I said before, he's unique. There is definitely a cracking football player in there. He just needed to knuckle down. He needed to knuckle down and 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 um, and take it seriously. And I don't. I think there are quite a few managers that that I know who have had him. In their dressing room, were just pulling their hair out because they said that this is such a talented boy, um, but he wouldn't knuckle down. So I'm really, really happy to know and to hear that things are going well for him there, and uh, long may that continue well, in his combi, yeah. combi van in his beach. <laughs> well, he's, he's exploits. He's coming third in the Golden Boot. He's had 17 games. He scored nine goals, but more importantly for for Australian fans watching, five assists as well. He seems to be adding that extra dimension up front, which we may use because we have a couple of knockout qualifiers and we don't really have a set striker or a striking option at the moment. So there's a, a month to go he, and the Mariners are moving into the final. So he'll have a few more games to prove himself. He doesn't, um, he doesn't lack confidence, Jason. And I don't mean that in a bad way, right? Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. He's, he, he's full of confidence. I have this memory of him 
um, trying a Penenka. I think it was in a cup final or a semi cup semi uh, final, and he, he he hit the bar. <laughs> no, in fact, he went over the bar. Um, and I spoke. I was interviewing him afterwards, and he just shrugged his shoulders. I mean, Hibbs, who he was, he was playing for at the time, won the game, but it was terrible to watch. Honestly, <laughs> it was such a terrible thing. Penenka in a final missed it. Well, maybe um, maybe we'll keep him fine. off penalties if he plays for the soccer. I would. Then. He's actually missed. Yeah. A, he's missed a pen this season for us. Is it well, for the Mariners as well? So yes, yeah. it was. He did have one saved. It yeah. wasn't a Penenka though. Uh, <laughs> is this a fair trade? Is this a fair trade? Lyndon Dykes for for Jason Cummings. Are you happy with that? Uh, do you know what? Yeah, probably <laughs> would take that. I probably would take that. Yeah, Lyndon Dykes has done very well for himself. He can't stop scoring for Scotland uh, when he's fit. So we need all of the help we can get to beat Ukraine and um, and then hopefully Wales to get to the World Cup for the first time since 1998. So, yeah, we'll take Dykes. We can have Cummings. How's the uh, Scottish public feeling about this this qualifier, by the way? Oh, it's so weird, isn't it? Such a weird one because we're desperate to win, but we know that the whole of the world <laughs> is going to want Ukraine to beat us um, for very obvious reasons and for very um, good reasons. But, yeah, it's such a strange feeling because, you know, it's huge. It's a huge game. I think there's there's confidence, uh, given where Scotland are at the moment. They're doing very well. Um, but... We just don't know what kind of Ukraine team is going to appear and what kind of shape they're going to be in. Um, I know they are playing friendlies in various European countries at the moment. Um, so, yeah, listen, let's just hope they get here and, and, and can play football. I think that's what everyone wants. Absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for giving us your time. And I'm pl- proud to announce that the uh, Scotland-Australia Trade Summit has been successful. Lyndon Dykes for Jason <laughs> Cummings. We'll shake hands on that deal, mate. That's our headline today. Thanks, guys.